0: This is Plant-Based Briefing, How to Reduce the Glycemic Impact of Potatoes and the Healthiest Type of Potato by Dr. Michael Greger at NutritionFacts.org, and I'm your host, Marian Erickson, and this is the Curated Content Plant-Based Podcast, where I narrate a variety of articles on plant-based and vegan topics with permission in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And the two articles I'm reading today are the last two in a five-part series that Dr. Greger did on potatoes, If you want to check out the other ones, they were Do Potatoes Increase the Risk of Diabetes? Do Potatoes Increase the Risk of High Blood Pressure and Death? And Glycemic Index of Potatoes, Why You Should Chill and Reheat Them. Those were episodes 212, 216, and 224. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. How to Reduce the Glycemic Impact of Potatoes and the Healthiest Type of Potato by Dr. Michael Greger at NutritionFacts.org. How to Reduce the Glycemic Impact of Potatoes White potatoes have a high glycemic index, and consumption of high-glycemic-impact foods may increase the risk of diabetes. Normally, after a meal, we'd like our blood sugars to just gently, naturally rise and fall. But with high-glycemic foods like potatoes, you get an exaggerated blood sugar spike, which leads your body to overcompensate with insulin, forcing your blood sugars lower than when you started, which results in negative metabolic consequences, such as a rise in triglyceride fats in the blood. However, potatoes are a good source of potassium, vitamin C, and polyphenols, which may counterbalance the glycemic impact. This may explain why potatoes appear to have a neutral effect when it comes to lifespan, unlike other whole plant foods that have been associated with actively living longer. In my last video, I detailed my nip-and-nuke method, where the act of chilling potatoes can dramatically lower their glycemic index, even if you then reheat them in a microwave. How else might we reduce the glycemic impact of white potatoes? The answer is the same way you make anything better in your nutritional life, add broccoli. The co-consumption of two servings of cooked broccoli with your mashed potatoes would certainly do it, immediately cutting the insulin demand by nearly 40%. In contrast, adding chicken breast makes things worse, and adding tuna fish makes things even worse still, nearly doubling the amount of insulin your body has to pump out. Why does plant protein make things better, but animal protein make things worse? because decreased consumption of branched-chain amino acids improves metabolic health. I cover this in my book, How Not to Diet, as well as my video on the topic. Speaking of how not to diet, remember the section on vinegar? There are blood sugar and insulin spikes someone with pre-diabetes can get from eating a bagel. Eat that same bagel with a tablespoon or so of apple cider vinegar diluted in about a quarter cup of water, though. The impact is significantly less. Does it work for potatoes, too? Simply chilling potatoes may cut down on the blood sugar and insulin spikes, but to get significant drops in both, you just have to add about a tablespoon of vinegar to drop levels by 30-40%. to And that was just plain white distilled vinegar. Is it the vinegar itself, or would any acid condiment do? In a test tube, lemon juice appeared to have a remarkable starch-blocking effect, but you can't know if it works in people until you put it to the test. And, indeed, lemon juice reduces the glycemic responses to bread. And not just by a little, but by like 30%. Now, the subjects were drinking a half cup of lemon juice, but that makes it even more remarkable that it helped, because that added an extra half teaspoon of sugar, and yet they still had a better blood sugar response. Vinegar is more potent, though. Just one to two tablespoons a day of vinegar diluted in water can significantly improve both long- and short-term blood sugar control in diabetics, which is why clinicians may want to incorporate vinegar consumption as part of their dietary advice for patients with diabetes. The Healthiest Type of Potato The high glycemic impact of potatoes may increase the risk of type 2 diabetes, perhaps by chronically overstimulating the insulin-producing cells in the pancreas. In my last two videos, I explained how you can decrease the glycemic impact of white potatoes by eating them cold, or chilling then reheating them, or adding broccoli, lemon juice or vinegar. What else can we do? Well if you remember, I had a video a few years back that showed how the pigments in brightly colored berries can act as starch blockers. So if you're going to eat a high glycemic food, you may be able to moderate its impact by spreading raspberries on your toast, for example or adding strawberries to your cornflakes, or sprinkling blueberries in your pancakes. No, I'm not saying you have to put blackberries in your baked potato, but given that the natural color compounds in fruits can slow down starch digestion, what about pigmented potatoes? Even just yellow potatoes like Yukon Gold may be preferable to white, but the best may be purple potatoes. Not just purple-skinned potatoes, but purple-fleshed potatoes. If you've never seen purple potatoes, they are remarkable. They have almost a neon blue glow. And not only do they look cool, but purple potatoes cause less of an insulin and blood sugar spike compared to even the yellow-fleshed potatoes, suggesting that switching from yellow or white to purple could have a large potential public health benefit. How do we know it's the pigments themselves that are responsible rather than other differences between the different potato varieties? The researchers tried adding a control comprised of berries in a potato starch jelly, but that would seem to add even more variables. In a test tube, extracts of purple and red flesh potatoes can act as starch blockers. So, hey, if you can extract and purify out the purple potato pigments, say that five times fast, you could remove any other effects of the different potato varieties by adding the purple pigments to yellow potatoes. And lo and behold, compared to just plain yellow potatoes, you can get a suppression of the blood sugar and insulin spikes. This way, you don't get that overshoot reaction where your blood sugars can actually drop below fasting like you might get otherwise. Instead, you get the gentler up and down in blood sugars you'd expect from a lower glycemic food. The authors suggest purple potato extracts could be produced to make into supplements or fancy functional foods. But these health-promoting compounds may be more cost-effectively received from consuming purple potatoes themselves. Purple potato pigments may also affect inflammation. The Potato Association of America likes to paint potatoes as an anti-inflammatory food, but what they don't tell you is that this benefit may be limited to pigmented potatoes. If you randomize people to eat a small white potato every day for 6 weeks versus a yellow or purple fleshed potato, the purple potato group achieved significantly lower levels of inflammation compared to the white potato group, measuring both C-reactive protein and interleukin-6. Pigmented potato consumption also alters oxidative stress. Within hours of eating a large purple potato, you get a nice 60% bump in the antioxidant power of your bloodstream, and this translates into less free radical DNA damage. If you compare the antioxidant activity of white potatoes, yellow potatoes, and purple potatoes, Yukon Gold has about twice the antioxidant power as white, but purple has 20 times the antioxidants. This is comparable to what you might see in berries. A half of a purple potato has about the same polyphenol antioxidant complement as a half cup of blueberries. Purple potatoes can increase the antioxidant capacity of our bloodstream, whereas straight white potato starch can act as a pro-oxidant and decrease it. Eat a purple potato, and over the next 8 hours, the antioxidant capacity of your bloodstream goes up. In contrast, if you eat white potato starch devoid of any pigment, you can end up worse off than where you started. Okay, but does this translate into different physiological effects? Yes, indeed. Half people eat either purple potatoes or white potatoes for 2 weeks, and the purple potatoes improved a measure of arterial stiffness, whereas the white potato did not and this translates into a drop in blood pressure even in those already taking high blood pressure drugs, suggesting purple potatoes are an effective blood pressure-lowering agent. But what about the toxic glycoalkaloid compounds in potatoes? The toxic human dose starts around 2 to 5 mg per kilogram of body weight, and the lethal dose is not too far behind. But the average amount of total glycoalkaloids in most potatoes, however, is less than 100 milligrams per kilogram. So at the average American weight of 180 pounds, a toxic dose is like 4 to 9 pounds of potatoes. What happens when you approach that? It's possible you can get nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea that could easily be confused with something like gastroenteritis or food poisoning. Some people can start to get sick at just 1.25 milligrams per kilogram of body weight, or even 1 milligram per kilogram. That would only be about two pounds of potatoes at the average american weight it's also possible they could start accumulating if you eat them day in and day out but what about those people who go on a fad potato diet and eat three or four pounds a day they can do that without risking getting sick only if they peel their potatoes which removes nearly all the glycoalkaloids you just listened to how to reduce the glycemic impact of potatoes and the healthiest type of potato by Dr. Michael Greger at nutritionfacts.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson. And as always, I put the links to the original post in the show notes. And I'll also link those three previous potato episodes as well. And please share this with anyone who might benefit and thanks for listening.